or we will not survive. Leave us alone. When the time comes, he must be trained. Like you trained his father? You still want Kenobi. He's gone. Maybe you've been looking in the wrong places. I want every lowlife and bounty hunter to squeeze him. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to this week's episode where we are talking all about the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer that just got released on May the 4th, and a happy May the 4th, belated May the 4th, to you and yours, and welcome officially to Star Wars Month. I always forget the feeling of how wonderful it is on May 4th to scroll through every piece of social media and have every single person talking about Star Wars. <laughs> it is the best ever. And it always is the best also when Star Wars, the brand, plays into May the 4th. And I think that we've been fans long enough now that we remember when it was not a thing at all. And it has really grown into something that the brand really takes advantage of. And it's so good, especially we're so blessed this month because we start the month basically with Star Wars Day and we end it with so much new Star Wars content and celebration and everything. So uh, how was your May the 4th, Caitlin? My May the 4th was was good. It was overwhelming. I mean, okay, we know that May the 4th is like a little bit, it's just like a lot of shopping, right? Like I'm aware of, I'm aware of the capital C capitalism behind all of it, like, yeah. but also... <laughs> I'm here for it. I All I know is Charlotte and I did a lot of damage on Wednesday. So much damage. So much damage. <laughs> it's not good right before <laughs> celebration. We talked about this before, too. We were like, Sky Talkers, you cannot – you have to rein it in a little bit on May the 4th because <laughs> you're literally going to start with celebration. Because, like, I remember in 2020, May the 4th, we were like – do whatever you want. We like gave ourselves free reign because you know it was just it really was a nothing matters type of vibe. Right, right? And now, like throughout the entire day, we had we had like our list, right? We had our list of things we wanted. And then things kept coming up throughout the day where we were like, oh my God, this is so cute. Oh my God, what if I got this too? But we kept also trying to give each other like, no, we're done. Like, we're done. We're done. Don't let me spend anymore. And then like five minutes later, another DM would come through and be like, okay, but like well, what do we think about this? <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking to each other frequently off ledges and <laughs> even though we really committed in early in the morning to a couple of different brands and yeah. I'm very happy with the purchases that we did it felt like there was a lot of like pretty feminine offerings yeah. this uh May the 4th which I feel like as a woman Star Wars fan and who like kind of struggles to find, I guess I don't really struggle that hard anymore, but I used to, and that kind of lives deep within me. Carry the chip of, on my shoulder. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like if I see something I like 
I should buy it because I will wear it or else I'm going to think about it forever. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that mentality with Star Wars things that I like uh, really it runs deep and it man it ran real deep yeah <laughs> for it for both and of I us. think you and I both too were like because we're gonna see each other in a couple weeks it was like okay well, like you buy this set of things to get the free shipping and then just bring it to California and like I'll buy this set of things for us because we got a lot of the same things. We basically got almost yeah. all the same things <laughs> by the fourth. And I'll buy this set of things and bring it with me to celebration so we can make sure we get the free shipping. Yeah. You know, we yeah. played the game a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so before we really dive into the rest of the episode, we actually have a couple of housekeeping things to talk to you guys about at the top end of the show here. I do feel like it's been a minute since we've had kind of a housekeeping section, if you will. <laughs> but um, we do have a couple of things we want to share with you guys as we're going into the month of May Star Wars month. But we did have one exciting thing that came out on May the 4th, actually, that I don't because of the timing of the episodes, we haven't been able to talk about it on the podcast, actually. But we did a collaboration for a couple of T-shirts with one of our favorite um, small shops called A Fan Of. Um, we have bought so many things from this shop. Her stuff, her name is Tiff, the shop owner. She creates the cutest t-shirts and like accessories that are star wars themed she does some other fandoms too but i kind of think star wars is is her main is her main um fandom that she creates apparel for but we got to do two t-shirts with her that came out on may the 4th and the first one is an homage to our favorite star wars memory one of our favorite star wars memories uh, Star Wars Weekends. And it's a t-shirt that says, I would rather be at Star Wars Weekends um, with the dates of Star Wars Weekends underneath it. And then the other one is, if you've listened to Sky Talkers, you will either love this shirt or you are constantly confused when I talk about it. But <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it says the second trilogy. It's, so it's, it's a shirt that says second trilogy for the prequel trilogy. Um, and it's like in a, a, a pepper color. It's not quite black. It's like a pepper color with like a butter yellow. It says second trilogy, uh, again, with the years for this for the prequel trilogy underneath it. So that's our other shirt. And I'm so excited about that one. Both of them are in comfort colors, too. And they're mm -hmm. so comfortable. Yeah, they're so comfortable. Yeah. So those came out on May the 4th for a from the shop, a fan of which we are huge fans of that shop. Um, so if you're interested in purchasing those. They are made to order by Tiff herself. She has amazing quality of her stuff. Um, they are up on her website, which we'll have on uh, in the show notes for today's episode. Or if you're on our Instagram or Twitter, you can find the links there and stuff. So if you're interested in, in buying those, we would love it if you repped a little bit of Second Trilogy and Star Wars Weekend's Pride because we love both of those things so much. <laughs> yes, seriously. So next on our little housekeeping list is uh, Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> Funny to think that that's like the second thing on the list, but Star Wars Celebration is coming up so soon. We're recording this on May 6th, Revenge of the Sixth, um, and Star Wars Celebration is what, 20, 21 days away? It's three, our podcast stage that you're about to talk about <laughs> is three weeks from the day that we are recording. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Almost actually to the 
time of yeah yeah, to the minute it's fine uh it's fine but yeah we are on the podcast stage again this year for celebration 2022 and we are so freaking excited Um, so excited if you were there in 2019 one of our all-time favorite Star Wars memories. If you've listened to Sky Talkers at all, when we kind of go through our our top Star Wars moments, we are always talking about our live show in 2019 because it really is one of, if not the best Star Wars memory I think we've ever had. The best. It is the best. It really it's is. It's yeah. just, I just get the biggest smile on my face whenever I remember that hour and a half of just pure, it wasn't an hour and a half. It felt like an hour and a half, but it was like, I think 45 (laughs) minutes is what we get or an hour, but just absolute pure Star Wars bliss. It was amazing. And anyway, we get to do it again (laughs) this year for Star Wars (laughs) Celebration 2022. Our podcast stage is on Friday, May 27th at 3.30 on the podcast stage. Come find us. We have some freebies to give away some new freebies this year that i'm so freaking excited about um you guys are gonna love them i'm just super pumped yeah but yeah that is our podcast stage sky talkers charlotte and caitlin friday may 27th at 3 30 if you're at celebration we would so love to see you there yeah, and just a little tease. We're hoping to talk about the the first two episodes of Obi Wan Kenobi and celebrate that with you guys, our community. And so, last time when we were learning in real time everything that we knew at the time about the Rise of Skywalker, including the title and the first teaser trailer and everything like that, um, in we got to sort of have create this um, sort of question and answer session also where we were dealing with our thoughts and what was coming into our brain after watching that trailer. And we're hoping to recreate that experience with the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. So it's a communal situation. So that's what our current plan is. And we'll let you know if any of that changes, but we're really excited and hope to see you there. I I know we say that we're going to be talking about Kenobi and of course we're going to be talking about Kenobi, but the Attack of the Clones panel is right before our <laughs> panel. So I don't, I just don't know. I just, I really don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, I just don't know what's going to happen at this celebration. I feel yeah. like they're going to drop some major bombs on us, like good bombs, you know, and it's going to be really fun. We're going to have a lot of things to talk about. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah, so- <laughs> That's the current plan, but you can't really plan for anything. So You really can't. So please come, please come with questions or comments or good energy I don't know we'd love to see you there um so yeah Friday May 27th 3 30 and if you are not attending celebration do not worry we will have a recording of our live show up as soon as we possibly can up on our feed uh, for you to listen in on too And the last thing in our housekeeping section is I want to talk about a partnership that we have come into with a listener whose name is Kelly, who is a travel agent who specializes in Disney destinations. And she is able to book Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, Aulani, Galactic Star Cruiser, and she can book that for you. It's actually really cool when she was telling us about it and everything. It was it, I think nowadays booking a Walt Disney World vacation or a Disneyland vacation or anything like I just mentioned is can be really complicated. And 
there because there's a lot of steps that go into it and Kelly clearly takes a guesswork out of all of it. So her agency is called Kelly's Magical Vacations and her services are complimentary and she provides assistance to every piece of the Disney vacation, which is really cool. And she's a veteran Disney worlder. She lives right next door. She has been over 50 times and is an expert. So we'll put the link in our bio if you're interested in booking through her for an upcoming Disney vacation. And she's an amazing resource actually also on social media for all the happenings and new things that are coming to the Disney parks. So I'll include all that info in our show notes, but we're really happy to have Kelly as partner here on Sky Talkers. Yeah, we're super excited. We actually got to meet with her a couple months ago to talk about this. And it was just really great to sit down and talk with her about what she does, um, how she helps other families plan trips to Disney World, to all the Disney properties. Um, But she was really great to talk to. And she's a listener of Sky Talkers, so she's a huge Star Wars fan. So if you're looking to do Star Wars specific things on the Disney properties, she's definitely going to know how to hook you up. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about probably the most exciting thing that came out of May the 4th. Okay. There was a lot of good things that came out of that day, but waking up to you actually calling me and saying, the Obi-Wan cannoli, cannoli, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) The Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer dropped. I said it right. right The fact that I said cannoli. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. You said it right. (laughs) <laughs> dropped I literally she woke me up with the phone I was like what happened <laughs> and the fact I, I woke okay so here's the thing I woke up quite early on May 4th I saw that there was going to be a trailer because they made the announcement at like 3 a.m our time that the trailer was coming that day I didn't think it was going to come that early in the morning I thought it would come around like 12 so um I went back to sleep because I was like why am I awake <laughs> <laughs> and then that was a mistake because then I was woken up abruptly by Caitlin and I was like, Oh my God, I got to go watch it. I remember being like, should I record a reaction? You were like, no, just go. go. <laughs> like, I just need you to okay. watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I had woken up, I saw your message that cause you like you had woken up, sent me the message that the trailer was coming, then went back to sleep. So then I woke up, I saw the message and I was like, cool, great. <laughs> Trailer's coming. So then I'm like going about my morning. I'm on the phone. I usually talk to my sister in the morning when she's on her way to work. And and anyway, I'm talking to her and I get off and the phone with her and the trailer's been out for like 20 minutes. And I was like, oh my, oh my God. And then I realized- 20 minutes is so long in the online it's world. so long. I was like, oh. And then I was like, <laughs> how do I not have a thousand messages from Charlotte? And I was like, something, something is amiss. (laughs) Cause I was just like, I was walking around making my coffee, you know, making my bread. Like I wasn't looking at my phone for like notifications to come in. Cause I was like, I don't know. I guess I just thought that the trailer would come out at like noon or I don't know. It just feels like it was so random when they dropped it. Right. Um, But yeah, I noticed there were no missed calls or notifications, texts from Charlotte. And I was like, she hasn't seen it yet. She hasn't seen it yet. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so that was our um, our Kenobi trailer experience. And I just love this pattern of one of us isn't aware what's going on and the other has to call. <laughs> when are we going to experience these things at the exact same time? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. Because it just it doesn't it's not happening. Maybe the celebration only at celebration does, yeah, does only that happen. Only at celebration. Yeah. We have to physically be together for it to happen. I mean, 
I think the the most famous example of this, and by famous, I mean infamous in like our relationship, is the Disney sale itself back in 2012. Yeah. Um, when I had yeah. to. <laughs> The mo- I think I called you for like an hour straight. <laughs> you were like out with friends or something. But it was like it was one of those occasions where I just had had a I I've told the story a bunch of times, but I remember having a really bad day at in college, and so I went out to with my friends for like Chipotle, and I was like I'm putting turning off my phone like. <laughs> I'm putting my phone on do not disturb. And that's what happened. That was the problem. Never put your phone on do not disturb. Yeah. You never know when George Lucas is going to sell Star Wars. And announce, and Disney's going to announce three more movies. New, yeah, it's, new trilogy. It's one of those picture-perfect memories in my head of sitting in my apartment on my bed, like, shaking and calling you time. And my roommates, who are Star Wars fans, actually, but... I was like, I just, I need to talk to Charlotte. <laughs> no, I, when I, when I listen to your message, I like crouch down in the back <laughs> of my friend's car, like on the floor, like by the treads, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Like in an, in an egg shape, like fetal position. Fetal position. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what's happening? It's, that was so crazy. That's that crazy. was just the craziest thing ever. So anyway, the, the, it's like poetry, it rhymes. We just continue on an endless cycle. <laughs> Yeah, endless, endless cycle. Anyway, this trailer was great. It was so good. I really enjoyed it. Music was awesome. What'd you think? Oh, I loved it. I love this trailer. It. I feel like it's a good continuation of the the last trailer. You know, it feels like we're actually getting some information about what's going on. You know, I think about a lot of the sequel trilogy trailers. It's just images, right? That I think those trailers are kind of known for, especially. Obviously, like the first teaser for Force Awakens, Last Jedi was kind of like that, I feel. And and so was the Rise of Skywalker to a certain degree. But I feel like the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailers, they feel, I don't know, they feel more substantial. I don't know. I feel like I can kind of, I kind of understand what's going on. Like if I were an audience member who was not super involved in the Star Wars community, you know, wasn't following every single thing coming out all the time, I would feel like I had a sense of what was going on when mm. I watch these trailers and before I tune into the first episode, which I really, I really like. I like this change. Um, I think it's interesting because I agree with you, but I don't think that anything that they show in these trailers is super unexpected for me. Like this is exactly where I would think Obi-Wan was. I think that we're saying basically the same thing, but I'm sort of saying like, this is sort of a manifestation, a visualization of this time period that I've thought about with Obi-Wan for a long time. And it's exactly like I would think it would be. Like, yes, Obi-Wan is trying to remain hidden. Yes, Obi-Wan is watching over Luke. Yes, uh, Owen and him, like, butt heads at some point, right? Um, and I wonder what Vader's doing. I guess that is the surprise there, is that the Inquisitors are involved. But if you watch Rebels, you should we shouldn't be that surprised by that. Like that's their purpose. So I think that for me, it's satisfying to see that those sort of expectations pay off in these trailers and it doesn't, it's not so revealing to me either, Yeah, which I think is like a gimmick of a lot of movie trailers these days. It's just, a, I think it was just a good trailer. I think the other trailer was a really good trailer too. And I have said this for a long time, but this is the sh- show that I'm most looking forward to. And I can already tell that there's a a difference, a visual difference in how this show is put together versus the John Favreau shows. 
And I'm really happy about that. But I think like you're right, Caitlin, they're very, I just want to be clear. You're right. They're in, in these two trailers have been informative, but they're not ultra surprising, but I think that's okay. And I think that's satisfying as a fan. Like I don't need my whole world to be turned on its head every single time. I just want to know what my favorite characters are doing at this certain time period that makes sense within the story. Yeah, I agree. I will say, I think that as like a general audience, I think it would be surprising to see these other planets. That to me kind of stands out of them showing that Obi-Wan has been in other, that he hasn't been on Tatooine uh, this whole time. Because I I think, I think that's kind of the biggest surprise or storytelling piece that they're revealing in the trailers. Because I think you're right, right? I think you're right about even as like a general audience, like, okay, we expect Obi-Wan to be protecting uh, Luke to a certain extent. We know that him and Owen are not on speaking terms in A New Hope. So something has happened there and Vader is around. So it makes sense that they would want to bring him into the show if they could. So I think you're right that all of those are kind of expected. I think for me, the thing that I'm kind of surprised them kind of full-heartedly revealing is him being on other planets and even the Inquisitors to a certain degree, um, but mm-hmm. not so much uh, just because I I think they knew that for fans of Rebels who like big Star Wars fans, that would be a really cool draw yeah. in addition to Vader. It was a bold move already to like, if we can put ourselves back into the shoes when Rebels was beginning and when the Inquisitors were established as the main villains. And then it wasn't until like, much later that Vader actually took a bigger stage in that show, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I I think that something similar is kind of happening here. Um, And I guess just when you think about Star Wars storytelling and I'm just saying, I think that having in it, creating the existence of the Inquisitors is a risk on its in unto itself and that it wasn't just going to be used in rebels in terms of like on-screen media. I know that the Inquisitors have come up in other places like games and things like that, but it's a it's a big part, I guess, of like the Empire machine and like the yeah. force sensitivity of it all, which it's really it's a really cool. They're really cool as an addition. And like, why wouldn't you want to use that? That's perfect for what Obi-Wan would be facing. And I think the trailer really establishes that as like they're they're the chase. They're the driving force. They're coming for, for Obi-Wan. They're coming for other Jedi and they will stop at nothing. And they're all probably have different methods, almost similar to like bounty hunters but they're just sleeker and cooler so that i mean it's just a it's it makes sense it's very star wars (laughs) it is and to remind listeners of just how vicious the inquisitors are if it's been a minute since you've watched rebels or you haven't quite gotten to rebels yet never forget i think one of the scariest moments in animation across clone wars rebels and resistance um is master luminara's episode in rebels when Kanan and Ezra hear her calling out for help in the Force, and they go to find her, find out that she's been imprisoned on a Imperial ship. They get there, they get to her prison cell, they break in, they see her walking around, they get into the prison cell, and it's just a carefully crafted hologram. And the Empire has already killed her and mummified her body inside that. Uh, prison cell and the like hologram like fades into the mummified corpse of master luminara it is it's crazy oh my gosh (laughs) it's (laughs) It's it's like it's i think it's early season one too it's it is (laughs) it's 
<laughs> it's really it's right wild. there. It's wild. <laughs> it's chilling. It's honestly chilling. But anyway, so that's what the Inquisitors are doing. I don't know. That's kind of what I think is Obi-Wan going to be hearing about other Jedi who have befallen the same fate. I just, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Yes. I think before we dive in anymore, we should probably read this quote from Ewan when he was on the Jimmy Kimmel show this week. I feel like it kind of sets up some of our discussion a little bit. So Ewan was on the Jimmy Kimmel show this week virtually, and this was kind of the most that he could say about (laughs) the Kenobi show. The host kind of asks, you know, where is Obi-Wan mentally? What can you tell us about his state when we come into the Kenobi show? And Ewan says, well, you know, basically after he's dropped Luke off, the Jedi Order is all destroyed. Everyone who survived Order 66 is in hiding. Obi-Wan Kenobi is carrying the guilt of having failed Anakin, lost Anakin to the dark side. So he's a bit of a mess. He's at a very low point, sort of in hiding, not being a Jedi, pretty bleak minded. And then something happens and then he has to decide to help someone do something or not. And that's. That's kind of all he could say. I mean, I think that that isn't that surprising either. That mm-hmm. I think the most like tantalizing part of that is then something happens and he has to decide whether to help someone do something or not is kind of key. And we'll f- I don't think we found out about that in this trailer, but eventually we'll find out in the show. That seems like the turning point for the series or the... The catalyst. Yeah, the catalyst, the call to adventure or something mm-hmm. with Obi-Wan. I think that what I'm most interested in in this show, if we're going to talk big picture, is... Okay, so I just watched Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith back-to-back, and I always recommend doing this. You know, I think I just always recommend watching the Star Wars movies if it's been a (laughs) while. (laughs) It's always really good for the mind, I think, and very comforting. So I watched Revenge of the Sith, and I was thinking about how all the moments of of lasts with um, Obi-Wan and Anakin and where we stand in the series about the last time Obi-Wan saw Anakin and what is he wrestling with? What is Obi-Wan wrestling with since the last time he saw Anakin? It's like, we know the, the full story about why Anakin turned to the dark side. What was, what were his oppositions and who was against him and, all these things like pulling at Anakin and we can be sympathetic towards that. And I think Obi-Wan can also be sympathetic towards that in a way, but I'm sure he half blames himself and also is like wavering between these emotions of hating himself for having to go to kill him and thinking that he's dead. So number one, when does he learn that Anakin is not dead, that Anakin is now Darth Vader in a suit? And that realization, I think, is something that we're going to be see see framed in the show because I think he's probably struggling with the fact that he killed, quote unquote, killed Anakin. And then also I was just thinking about how what their fight on Mustafar represented and how many things were working against that friendship there and what was all coming down to that and how that was the battle of the heroes and how the fight was about love in all these different ways about how Anakin feels so betrayed by these two most important people in his life that come greet him on this uh, skiff right and how that that stinging really stays with Anakin as Vader, but also Obi-Wan probably retraces all of his steps of all the things he did wrong, like sneaking on Padme's ship and then also not even asking about whether Anakin was okay, whether it was okay for Obi-Wan to um, 
put Anakin up to spying on the chancellor and all those conversations that preceded that fight, I just feel like he's going to continuously beat himself up over it. Not to mention that he's dealing with this sort of bomb being dropped of the fact that Anakin had a secret relationship with Padme and they had two children. And now Obi-Wan's whole life mission is protecting that child. And how do you deal with that? The way Star Wars is, is things are so vague, right? Like it's just the way it is (laughs) that I don't think any of this will ever be talked about really. But I think some lines will show us the pain that Obi-Wan feels. And I just think it's important for us to remember all of the things that were going up against each other at the last time they saw each other. So um, if like Kathleen Kennedy says that it's going to be the, you know, the rematch of the century, but what does that mean? And what is writing on that rematch? It's, it's probably the fate of Luke. We've talked about this before or the fate of the children as a whole. I don't know. Or like the rebellion, probably all of those things altogether. And I just, I can't wait to see all the angst <laughs> that will be presented in this show. And I think that by the the line that I think has kind of taken everybody by storm is the Owen Owen Lars conversation, the leave us alone, and then Obi-Wan saying, when the time comes, he must be trained. And Owen saying, like you trained his father? I mean, that was just rough. so rough. <laughs> the burn hurt around the world. I mean, it was... Uh, <laughs> It was everything. I also want to mention that uh, Ewan's delivery of the line, when the time comes, he must be trained, sounds like a mixture of his old Obi-Wan voice and like an Alec Guinness voice. Just the way he delivered it, I think he's absolutely nailing it. I have no doubt mm-hmm. that he's going to bring bring it to this performance. But um, that, to me, I think sort of represents kind of what I'm talking about, about all of the weight on Obi-Wan's shoulders about the last time they ever saw each other. It's just, there's a lot there. There's so much there. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much angst. Yeah, I think the thing that I keep kind of wrestling with or thinking about is, one, we have this beginning point where Ewan says that Obi-Wan is sort of in hiding, not being a Jedi, pretty bleak-minded. So is it kind of, is he living a little bit like Kanan? You know, like when we first meet Kanan mm. in Rebels, that that's kind of, what it most reminds me of. But then also it's been 10 years. So Obi-Wan has been, all of this has just been festering with him for 10, a decade. Like the yeah. the kind of mental anguish of that, I think, and watching the entire galaxy change around you in such a dramatic and devastating way. Um, how many Jedi other Jedi did he try to save at that point? Um, you know, I just, I think it's, it's really interesting and, um, it's been so long since Revenge of the Sith in a lot of ways, like when we're going to come, when we're going to meet Obi-Wan at this point. So what is going to be that catalyst? Um, what is the thing that's going to finally make him jump to action to ignite his lightsaber again right like when kanan does it it's a huge deal and so i imagine that when well when any jedi lights his lightsaber it's a big deal but if i'm drawing the connection between kanan and an obi-wan and the kind of being in hiding but still kind of being a bit of a vigilante doing some good maybe a little bit of robin hood you know i don't really know um but what is going to be that moment when obi-wan finally decides that it's worth the risk to ignite his lightsaber and the attention that that's going to draw to him. I think he knows very much what that means, as did Kanan in that moment, too. I think it'll be interesting to kind of see if there are further similarities between those two characters. Yeah. 
And I also think that I'm just interested to see what what leads him back to Tatooine. How often does he actually go there? I find myself, since that trailer premiered, remembering, not remembering, but thinking about Luke's line in A New Hope when he's talking to Obi-Wan and they come across, you know, the Sandcrawler and the Jawas and he does the whole, if they led the droids to the Jawas and they led them home. Um, and, you know, that's when they find Owen and Beru and the Empire has been there. So I wonder if the same thing happens with Obi-Wan, like Obi-Wan inadvertently leads the Inquisitors back to Tatooine and he's led them back to Luke, which is exactly the opposite of what he wanted to do. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like you're implying that you don't think Obi-Wan actually lives on Tatooine. Do you I, not think he lives on Tatooine? I don't know. I don't know. It just... The whole, he's at a very low point, he's in hiding, not being a Jedi, pretty bleak-minded. It just, if I'm thinking like Obi-Wan, wouldn't you just want to leave Luke there and not be a target yourself? Because he knows he's a target, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's sort of like the, this is the whole... I mean, we've been, people have been joking about this aspect of Star Wars for years, right? This whole concept of why hide Luke on Tatooine in a place that Anakin has been, like yeah. seriously. But uh, I mean, it makes sense because he hates Tatooine so much. You can, that's what we say, right? right. <laughs> but I think there's, there's stuff to explore there as to just as to why that isn't such a problematic decision or if it is what risks are taken. You know, yeah, and if Anakin, if Vader finds out that Kenobi is Obi Wan is alive, has he thought he's been dead this whole time? Realizes he's alive. If Obi Wan actively knows that Vader is hunting him, the Inquisitors. This isn't even taking into consideration what to what degree Obi Wan even knows who Vader is. Does he already know that when we enter into Kenobi? Is he going to have an Ahsoka moment like in Rebels, where he figures it out, puts the pieces together? I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know if I think he's been there the whole time either. I, I feel like I kind of flip-flop him uh, what I think will happen. But, I mean, it's clear he's he, he either leaves at some point or we're seeing a lot of flashbacks to yeah. perhaps even before he decided to stay on Tatooine full-time. You know, I think there's a lot of question marks there. Well, it's also like what happens at the end of the show. So if you're yeah. saying – I think that there's going to be established that like Obi-Wan – has spent a fair amount of time on Tatooine, whether that's yeah. like a permanent home. I think that that's where he stayed in the very beginning when he brought Luke there as a baby. There's all those cave shots that we saw in that original trailer. Yeah. And it makes me think like, okay, so in the very beginning, he's just figuring out exactly how to be a guardian. And that will evolve along a lot. That will evolve uh, across time until we meet Luke Skywalker in A New Hope when he's 19 years old. Yeah. So I I feel like uh, – and also we have to get to the point where Obi-Wan is a crazy old wizard who Luke is aware of but um, doesn't know is Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Jedi Master, at all. So I think that things have to change. And So again, where does this show end? Um, I think that there's – some because it's a it's a six part episode event, right? Not <laughs> Just, that long. I, yeah, no, it's so short. It's so <laughs> short. <laughs> Someone posted that you get so we get two episodes on Friday the twenty seventh, right? And then we get another one the next Wednesday. So that's a three episodes in a week, but um, that's halfway over. 
by just that Wednesday. Okay. So that's really sad. (laughs) (laughs) Really depressing, but like it's great. But uh, can it just last all six weeks? (laughs) Anyway, uh, I think there's a lot of ways that the show could end. I know that people have been tossing around the concept of Obi-Wan faking his death or something, but clearly he gets the Inquisitors off his scent. So something has to something drastic has to happen and yeah. I'm not sure what it is. I mean, sometimes I think about Obi-Wan and I've talked about this before, truly cutting himself off the off from the force like Luke did. So I don't know if that parallel is going to come in at all, but or if that would even matter. It might not, um, but it also could. So I don't know. There's a lot of ways. What do you think? I kind of think that by the end of this series will be when Obi-Wan takes up permanent residency on Tatooine and does not leave yeah. until A New Hope. Um, that's kind of what I think. And I, I kind of, I, I don't want to say I don't care about the first 10 years, but I'm I'm kind of good with whatever the story throws oh, yeah, me at too. me. I guess me that's too. what I mean. Um, whether yeah. he's been there the whole time and just leaves throughout these six episodes or, you know, he's been gone for eight years and comes back and He's led the Inquisitors there, and that's when he gets in this heated discussion with Owen. You know, any combination of that I think I'm kind of okay with. But I, mm-hmm. I, if I were to theorize and speculate, I would say that by the end of the series, he is he's committed to staying on Tatooine now. Mm-hmm. The commitment to protecting Luke. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. In a, in a way that works for Owen and Burrow. Oh, maybe not. I don't. I don't know. I'm. Yeah. I'm actually. I'm so excited for the Owen and Baru content here. Um, I am super excited to see. I don't know, like the way that Owen has been delivering these lines. Um, Joel Edgerton has been delivering these lines in the in the past couple trailers. It's just well, he's such a good actor, so we're really really we're lucky. So lucky, <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's really carried weight and gravitas and. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see their dynamic, and I'm excited to see Owen and Baru. I hope we get some good Baru content as well. Yes, um, Bonnie. We need Bonnie. We need some <laughs> of them being, I don't parents. know, yeah, parents and like a happy family um, and uh, what they, the choices that they have to make for Luke are hard ones, but um, you know that they do it because they love him. So I don't know, because mm-hmm. of course when we meet them in A New Hope, it's it's you know they're Luke and Owen are at odds with with what Luke wants to do um so I think it would be nice to see a lighter side to their family dynamic that I'm sure was there totally I think that the like the burn of the century like I said the (laughs) um like you change your father it did remind so many fans including myself of um this comic that was like the journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi I've talked about it before on the podcast and it was really similar to the a line included in there from the the time of Obi-Wan being on Tatooine and talking with Owen and Owen really getting in Obi-Wan's face and saying, haven't you murdered enough Skywalkers already, Kenobi? Which is another, oh my God. And the, the look <laughs> in the panel, the look on his face is is just devastated. Like it's all he ever thinks about. So yeah, so it's just really similar to like you trained your father. It's It's the same situation. And I feel like Owen might be full of those zingers and it just very protective of Luke, which is great. It's just harsh. And I think you're, you're right that, um, I'm really looking forward to getting that content of 
them as like a family any sort of like happy moments i mean it's pretty clear in the trailer this one and the one before of like luke playing right i mean that's nice (laughs) (laughs) he had one happy childhood day at least (laughs) yeah i think he he had a pretty happy childhood i think think we could talk about that and we will eventually talk about that but i think he i mean he's did a lot of things with his friends and just helped out his family like i just think that he had a childhood that was on a planet far away from the action of the galaxy which is not a skywalker thing you know yeah (laughs) so yeah Anyway, let's talk more about the trailer and like the specifics of it all. I think that the trailer also establishes that Vader or the Empire, I think it's Vader. I think we can safely assume that it's Vader with the quote, you still want Kenobi, he's gone. And then you hear Reva, Reva saying, maybe even looking in all the wrong places. And I don't know who's saying that original quote of you still want Kenobi, he's gone. And I think it's to Vader. Um, but I, I, my assumption is an, it's another Inquisitor. Um, and I think that Reva is probably the Inquisitor who is the like the main one that's on Obi-Wan's tail that really like gets under his skin about certain things. And I really can't wait to see her push his buttons. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. Um, and like whatever she discovers about him, I wonder what happens, I guess, um, between, between them to the two of them and what sort of on-screen presence, both of them, like the fights in, in Sue. I'm excited for that. See, I thought that the, the quote, you still want Kenobi, he's gone was to Reva. And then she was responding. Mm. Maybe you've been mm. looking in the wrong places. Like it's her, oh. uh, like it's her white oh, whale. That's interesting. Um, yeah. And there's been, he's been hidden so well that there's, this belief that he's dead and she's the only one that's like no he's still alive and yeah that's probably right um it's kind of her obsessive thing but then then whatever the catalyst whatever the call to action is obi-wan makes himself known in the galaxy through you know a canaan-esque moment of lighting his lightsaber and it's like oh i was right (laughs) yeah um and she goes after him. I don't know. That's kind of what I thought. But I like the idea that it's like to Vader. But I also, I don't know who can speak to Vader in that kind of tone. Uh, right. It's a bit of a condescending tone. I I felt from the you still want Kenobi. That's true. That's like true. A, you, got, you got me convinced. You got me convinced. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I look for. <laughs> um, yeah, I just don't know who can speak like that to Vader. I don't know. Especially um, with the establishment of the like Revenge of the Sith promotional artwork as a mugshot of Obi Wan, <laughs> so this this mugshot, y'all, it just it gets me in my feels every time. I don't know why I see it and I'm like, oh my god, it's real! Like all of this is happening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the most emotional mugshot I've ever seen. <laughs> well, I think the mugshot represents usage from Revenge of the Sith like all the behind the scenes stuff that we've like soaked up our entire life from that movie and then it's used in the movie as like actual in-universe material and 
then it's like, oh my gosh, there's a story here. It's it could have been made by me. It could have been made by a fan. Like that's how good it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it does. I'm with you. It does get me in the feels. But I will. The reason why I mention that is because I think that it is pretty close to the quote of the "You still want Kenobi? He's gone." So yeah, it probably is established by the Inquisitors that they're hunting them and they can't find them. I also think that that like brief shot that we saw of Kamal Nanjami was. I feel like was so jet. He was in like Jedi robes. It looked like, and I'm wondering if he's a rogue Jedi or another Jedi that's like living in exile. Like, there has to be more than w- like because there's Kanan, right? There's a lot of Jedi who are were in elsewhere, like not on Coruscant or got away or something, yeah, or not with a battalion of clones that got away. Like that's a frequent story, obviously, that we see in Star Wars these days, and I think that one of the places that we've seen Obi-Wan during this time period is as that like message, that hologram that is sent around mm-hmm. as like a, a, you know, stay hidden, a warning and things like that. So I think that Kamal is probably up, like whoever he is playing is probably linked to that. And uh, that sort of storyline for Obi-Wan is like a, a beacon for um, telling Jedi to stay hidden. Is that who he decides to help? Maybe. I, I mean, know. I hope that he has a bigger role. I, I love him. I yeah. think he's a great actor. So that would be awesome. I know. There's just, there's so many things in this show that I want. I <laughs> and, and there's only six episodes. Only six episodes <laughs> and it can't show everything. And it's okay. It's okay, Caitlin. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I, it's okay. The story that like, I'm here for all of the things that they're giving us on the trailer. So like, I'm fine with that. And I think that there's going to be, based off of like previous Star Wars television show trailers, it's like they really only show us like the first two episodes and everything else is an absolute complete mystery. So yeah, yeah. I will. <laughs> what we're talking about here is probably just the beginning. Yeah. I will say I'm still holding out for my Anakin hallucination. And still yeah. I'm still holding on to it. So I don't think it was the Jimmy Kimmel interview, but there was another interview recently where Ewan was talking about, you know, him and Hayden meeting back up, how great it was, yada, yada, yada. They went on a walk in the park, caught up on their lives. It was so great. But then he's talking about them on set and he says, you know, we were on set again and I was standing there and I was Obi-Wan and I was looking across at him on the set and he was Anakin. And I, he says Anakin, not Vader. And I feel like I feel like he would not say Anakin if, you know, Darth Vader was looming in front of him. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, because there's another interview that Ewan talks about seeing Vader on set and how it was really scary and he was like legitimately scared. And so that's separate from him saying Anakin. So I really believe it in my bones that there's going to be flashbacks, but I don't know if it's going to be in a spooky sense, like a haunted by the ghost, just because purely I legitimately don't understand how they could just bring back Hayden Christensen to put him behind a mask. It just doesn't make sense because they didn't do that for Rogue One. They didn't bring Hayden back at all in any capacity. Mm-hmm. So if there's they have to be doing some sort of showing Anakin in the past or showing Anakin just showing Anakin if it's like being haunted or anything like that. I just firmly believe that it would be a waste. <laughs> <laughs> if they didn't do that just because Hayden is like so gorgeous like why would you do that you know so you know. I would be personally disappointed I- <laughs> so of our speculation is it going are you going to put your money on the flashback or the hallucination flashback. flashback flashback um I feel like flashback is more realistic flashback also has the opportunity for 
Natalie. Miss Natalie Portman. Um, yeah. But she could also be a ghost too. That it's also cool. uh, yeah, it's sort of, but yeah, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just make it Star Wars spooky hour. Well, any of it could be like dreams, like yeah. premonitions are heavily established. It would be crazy if Obi-Wan had like scary dreams about Anakin after all that Anakin went through with scary dreams. That would also be crazy. So I can see that road being taken and something like that being explored um, as well. But I just, I don't know. I firmly believe that <laughs> that you don't bring back Hayden if you're just going to put him behind a mask. Yeah, I think we're, I think we're definitely getting at least flashbacks and maybe ghosts. <laughs> I will say he goes into he. Go- <laughs> He goes into the cave and we talked about the cave that he maybe he camps in, but maybe it's like a mortis type of cave. Creepy things could, happen in caves. It could just be a spooky cave. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. Whatever they throw at us, I'm here for. I just I yeah, I think it would be great. <laughs> I do think that flashbacks would actually be really well used in Kenobi. All all spooky jokes kind of aside I think they could be really well used especially with Padme in them too because like you were talking about earlier Charlotte all these moments what are the things that Obi-Wan keeps replaying over and over in his head the things that he's looking at from a different perspective now that he knows all of these things about Anakin Um, these moments with like having a flashback of the three of them in a room and he kind of brushes off this moment between Anakin and Padme but now he keeps replaying it over and over in his head of how could I have missed this or why Mm -hmm. didn't I say anything because I think the Clone Wars especially season seven our um our Bad Batch arc kind of leaves some crumbs that Obi-Wan knows that Anakin is talking a lot to Padme like Anakin Obi-Wan could have connected the dots and I wonder if that, I think Obi Wan did, but never touched it, and that is part of the he regret. Wouldn't let himself connect the dots. Exactly. And he's like, if I had, if I had gone the full step, and so like replaying these specific moments in his head over and over again would be an excellent opportunity for for flashbacks, um, and hopefully we would see all three of them. Would, yeah. Oh, it'd just be so great. Well, the thing that's so interesting is when you think about regret and guilt and trauma. When you've experienced those things, I think we've all experienced at least regret and guilt. All you do is sort of replay those memories over and over and over again and think about all the different ways that it could have gone differently. Mm -hmm. And I think if I could trace Obi-Wan finding out about Anakin and Padme and how he dealt with that. So Obi-Wan finally verbalizing to Padme and asks, asks her specifically, is Anakin the father? She doesn't answer. And what he does next is sneak onto her ship, violating her own like privacy and using that relationship for his gain in order to get to Anakin and in order to kill him. And I think that like, I don't know if I think about that sort of situation enough sometimes and how that is such a huge betrayal of friendship. And I think Obi-Wan knew that. That's why he asked Yoda to not be assigned to kill Anakin. He wanted to kill the Emperor. So instead, he gets Anakin and he has to use all these relationships to his advantage. And it just ends so poorly. And I think about also like at the very beginning of Revenge of the Sith when Anakin has the bad dream about Padme and, you know, Anakin's telling Padme about about it in the middle of the night on the balcony. And Padme goes do you think Obi-Wan would help us? And Anakin's like, no, we don't need to involve him. Like, no, it's fine. 
And I think that there's so many guardrails in that relationship as to number one, why would Anakin think that he can't go to Obi-Wan and like, will that be spelled out in the show? Like in, in a way that is very clear to us why he would never feel comfortable doing that. I think we know as an audience, like we know because Obi-Wan's a rule follower, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But there, maybe there's something more there. And also just replaying that, all those things that could have been better if their relationship was better and they could have helped each other. I don't know. There's a lot there I think that could have been explored. And I just don't think that I think enough about like the gravity of like how many of those relationships went wrong in Revenge of the Sith. That is really a brilliant movie at the very end. You're like, wow, all of these, all the dominoes fell in like the worst way. Every single Mm -hmm. thing went bad and how did that all happen? Because like any sort of relationship that you examine in that movie, you're like, oh my gosh, this is problematic because of this. And like, this affects this. It's, it is just, it's a brilliant movie. And I think that so much, that's why like we return to it all the time where we talk about it. But even just examining these relationships, it's like, there's just so much there. Star Wars is tragedy, right? Yes. And it's, it's, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's a facet of Obi-Wan's character that I don't think we really... I know that I personally didn't give enough weight to until we did our Knowing Kenobi series last year of that tidbit of Yoda telling Obi-Wan to go and kill Anakin. Like I really that like that particular domino I don't didn't think enough about and how heavy that is and Obi-Wan feeling betrayed yeah. by Yoda to tell him to go and do that and he begs Yoda to rescind the the Um, mission and Yoda refuses and so then Obi-Wan is with this guilt and he knows that Padme is lying and he gets on the ship and he goes and does a thing and then Padme dies and then he can't actually do the thing and he leaves Anakin for dead but then he realizes and like he has to deal with that but then at whatever juncture he realizes that Anakin is still alive and it's now Darth Vader and then it goes from I left my my best friend my brother for dead I should have killed him. I can't believe that that's the yeah. the conclusion is that I should have actually killed him. Like that's just mm-hmm. awful. It's so oh, it's so awful. Yeah, and that's why I think that in this trailer when they end with showing all the different pieces, all the mechanical pieces that keeps Anakin alive, I it, there's a, there's a zero in on Obi-Wan's face and I don't think that's the moment in which he realizes or is witnessing Vader come together yeah but I think that whatever that realization is will look something similar to that which is just all the different emotions of guilt and um, sadness and wow he's living in like a prison and I put him there and if only I killed him I mean that is just whoa right Right. like you said I I was tasked to kill him I couldn't go through with it I should have done or it. I thought I, he also thought he did but he just didn't like finish the job well it was like leaving him for dead is not this you rationalize I, you can see Obi-Wan rationalizing that like I left him for dead I didn't kill him yeah that's true Ugh. yeah it's just it's real heavy it's heavy <laughs> okay Charlie, it's, it's really heavy <laughs> yeah I mean, again, like that relationship in the end of Revenge of the Sith is really why I became a Star Wars fan. And I think that it's if it is the crux of in which we acknowledge and understand the relationships that exist in this television show, it this show will be my favorite because that's why 
I like that that movie is all the different relationships that are established and how deep and tragic it all is. Mm-hmm. Deep and tragic is Revenge of the Sith. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> On a lighter note, I want to talk about the little droid that's like a handheld little droid guy um, <laughs> <laughs> that we see for like 0.5 seconds. Um, super cute. It has like little cat ears, which I think is really cute. But I wanted to say that it reminded me of this Japanese artist's work, uh, Takashi Murakami. I don't know if you're familiar with this artist. Are you familiar with this artist, Caitlin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so cute, like those smiley faces and everything, and it's just so happy. And that's kind of the vibe that I got from this droid. I'm sure that's not even a reference at all, but I just wanted to mention it because <laughs> it's just really cute. And it should be like an assassin I, droid. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It totally could be. But okay, but how amazing would it be if it was like a really cute assassin <laughs> droid? It's kind of like, it could kind of be a little bit like Toto. <laughs> yeah, so true. I mean, it's just, I love the little handheld thing and I need it. I want it. Let me buy it's almost, it could be like a mini Roomba, you know, if I could buy it myself. And, a murder Roomba. A murder Roomba. A tiny murder Roomba. <laughs> For the tiniest room. <laughs> For the tiniest murder. I, I love it. So I'm excited to see that. It's, I don't know. I'm just really, really excited for the show and the press that we're getting to experience with Ewan talking about it and his relationship with the prequels and how that has changed like it is just a joy to read that he's like so happy about it now (laughs) and I also hope that Hayden feels the same way and Hayden is doing some press now um and I love that anytime that I I don't know it's just really nostalgic and I'm just living in this nostalgia that's like for me okay (laughs) (laughs) you know we haven't considered fully yet about Mm. this whole thing is that Eventually, maybe August, there's going to be a gallery of Kenobi. I hope it's 17 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it's as long as like the Attack of the Clones DVD. Like that's what I need in terms of bonus features for this show. But I know it'll be an hour long special, but man, I'm going to soak it all up. No, I feel like they should really (laughs) do it like they did the first season of Mando with episode by episode because i mean this would be so good deborah chow like this is this is a big deal this is it this is it this is it it. um so like maybe we'll have all three of them and they'll get to like talk about the story and it's gonna be so great (laughs) yeah i can't wait for that cannot wait for that at all Oh boy. And we're going to see like the moment of Hayden putting back on the Vader suit and everything like that, just like we did in the Revenge of the Sith special bonus features. Yeah. What if you like recreate like the in a minute uh, bonus feature? <laughs> that would be so cool. I would love that if the gallery became just like an updated version of in a minute, but it was for the Kenobi No, we need show. more. We need more than just in a minute, but yeah. Okay, the in I, a minute uh, doc is really long. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really good. Okay, I'm not saying that it's not really good, but like I want a lot. I want many different things. So, yeah, <laughs> I think that the marketing for this is like already good. Like, I think there's a lot happening for it. So, I think it'll make a splash. And I hope that they really bring out the big guns for that behind the scenes content. Oh yeah, they better. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. putting it out there now, Lucasfilm. Knock knock. I'm knocking on your door. Give me at least three hours of bonus content for Kenobi at least at minimum, minimum. <laughs> I will also accept like 
anything that they don't release like can be emailed directly to us for us to watch <laughs> so if, if they want to put out like an hour-long special for the disney galley sure but like all the extra footage and stuff anything all the photos just send to us hello at skytalkers.com <laughs> that would be great <laughs> it's almost like it's hello there it just it's it's, it's organic exactly it's exactly. organic yeah. what i think would be so great oh my god and then like we'll get the art of kenobi book too yeah <laughs> just just for us just- oh wait no <laughs> <laughs> no everyone's no. gonna get the art. everyone's gonna get that i was like wait 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 just for us yeah send the pdf to hello at sky talkers um <laughs> no but that's gonna be great too yeah oh my and, god and i, I want to be clear listeners that should lucasfilm send us directly bonus footage we will share it with all of you. So don't even worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> don't even worry. You will get to see it if you're a listener. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that is all we have to say about Kenobi dot 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 for now because – For now. For now. <laughs> Just for now because we're going to have so much to talk about first on the podcast stage and then weekly after that and maybe even before. You just never know what's going to come out. It's- I'm – yeah we're gonna we're gonna be talking about this show for a long time okay (laughs) long time (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) um but the first place you can hear us talk about it is on the podcast stage at star wars celebration friday may 27th at 3 30 we would love to see you there and if we do see you at celebration please stop and say hi we will probably have stickers maybe something else to give you who's to say i don't know um but please come and say hi if you see us come to the stage we would love to meet you there um i think we we have maybe one more episode before we go to celebration that's our plan right now we haven't recorded it yet but that's the plan but after that um, you'll be getting the hotel version of Sky Talkers <laughs> for um, any of the live updates that we do from Celebration, which we haven't quite planned that out yet, but stuff will be coming at you <laughs> at us from Celebration. Yeah, watch our social channels too because exactly. we're going to be posting, live tweeting, yeah. TikToking. I feel like TikTok will be the real – if you want if you want to feel like you're there, I kind of feel like TikTok is where you should I go. agree. Um, yeah. But – yeah, so you can find us on all of our social media channels. Uh, the podcast Twitter is at SkytalkersPod. Our personal handles, Charlotte's is at Crarity. Mine is at Caitlin Plusher. We also have our Instagram, Facebook, website, skytalkers.com. And if you're interested in our collaboration t-shirt with the shop, a fan of our second trilogy, or I'd rather be at Star Wars Weekends t-shirt, you can head on over to a fan of shop to purchase those there. We will have the link in the show notes. Um, and if I'm like running out of things, running out of steam, all the things I'm supposed to say at the end here, <laughs> if you haven't left, you review, got it, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Once we, I'm usually, I have like a, I can do this from memory, but you know, I'm so overwhelmed these days. I can't even do our, our outro properly. Um, but if you have not left us a review yet on iTunes, we would love it if you took a second to go and do that. Helps other people find our show. 
Also, if you've left us a review on Spotify, thank you so much. We crossed 100 reviews on Spotify. Isn't that what you told me, Charlotte? Yeah, we did. Yeah, which is so exciting. So thank you so much if you've reviewed us on Spotify. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. And if you're looking for other ways to support us, you can head on over to our Patreon. Check out our reward tiers there. We will have an episode all about the gallery episode of The Book of Boba Fett. That discussion will be up on our Patreon. So if you're interested in that, head on over to our Patreon. Our reward tiers are all laid out there. And you'll also get access to our amazing Discord community. And I want to say a huge thank you to these patrons, Lola, Froppy, Kat, Lauren, Hannah, Ephraim, Blast Points, Another Skywalker, John, Stephanie, Tom, Martin, Talking Bay 94, Talia, Daniela, Heidi, Kitty, and Emily. Thank you so much for supporting us. Your support means the world. Yes. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you.